Welcome back to Podcast 27. Isn't it amazing we're here? Yes. And uh, today is the Sermon on the Mount. We're looking at overcoming worry. Mm. So the whole concept that many people deal with, Mm -hmm. worry. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to look at Jesus's words on overcoming worry. But before we read his words, I I found a couple quotes I'd like to share on worry. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is by Warren Wearsby. He says, Most Christians are being crucified on a cross between two thieves, yesterday's regret and tomorrow's worries. Mm, Not true. (laughs) Then Corey Ten Boom said, worry is like a rocking chair. It keeps you moving, but doesn't get you anywhere. And then I like Martin Luther's quote, pray and let God worry. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. And then here's a Swedish proverb, not sure who said it, but worry often gives a small thing a big shadow. And then finally, George Washington, worry is the interest paid by those who borrow trouble. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're going to look at what Jesus has to say about worry, and hopefully this will encourage those who listen. And for those who struggle with worry, hopefully this will help them overcome Mm -hmm. it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not our our words, but the words of Jesus. So this week's podcast is titled Episode 27, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Overcoming Worry from Matthew 6, 25 through 34. So I'm Pastor Kenny Birch Jr., Associate Pastor at Coleman Manor Bible Church, and I am joined by my father, Dr. Ken Birch Sr., graduate of Dallas Theological Seminary and author of the FIRE series and senior pastor at Coleman Manor Bible Church, and uh, you also lead the Ken J. Birch uh, Senior Foundation. So um, a lot going on. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. And we have one main question, uh, and then mm-hmm. we'll get your take on this. According to Jesus, how can I overcome worry? Um, you could also say anxiety, exactly. um, same concept here. And before we jump into the passage, I'm going to do what most pastors won't do, and I'm actually going to state the answer to that in simple form, and then we'll look at the text and see why that answer is true. Mm. So according to Jesus, how can I overcome worry? Well, worry reflects a lack of faith in God's provision. Mm. By observing nature and actively seeking God's kingdom, we can confidently trust that God will provide for our needs. So, anything you want to say before we jump into the passage on worry? When I think of worry, I would imagine us going down to the graveyard and just looking at the tombstones, date of birth, date of death, and you wonder, you really do, Mm. how many years might have been taken off of someone's life because worries consume Mm. them? It's such a relevant topic for all of us, and I trust that people will, will really take this to heart today. And also, it robs you of just joy while you're living. That's right. So, let's hop right in to the passage. Mm. This is verse 25. Jesus is speaking. Now, context is important. He just finished talking about treasures. Uh, Where your heart is, there your treasure will be. So, he's talking about putting your eyes on spiritual things. Mm. We have to remember this is just a small part of the Sermon on the Mount. So everything being salt and light, all of that is leading up to this. So he just talks about treasure, putting God before man, mm-hmm. and now he's going to talk about worry. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or mm-hmm. about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? You know, as a every preacher, I think has a different approach. I think it's God's gift to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm maybe because I teach a lot of young adults, I like to keep it simple. Yeah. Just try to take complex things, make them as simple as possible without right. making it like dumb, you know? Like, right. Sure. But, uh, make it as simple as possible. 
And I think that's what Jesus is doing on this weighty topic of overcoming worry. He boils it down to a straightforward message, which is, don't worry. Mm -hmm. And then the core of his message is why you should not worry, Mm -hmm. the needless anxiety it brings. So we're going to see that this sermon is all about our identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. For those of you who've been watching our series, you understand, or listening, I should say, and what it means to belong to his kingdom. And Jesus is going to make the point that the ungodly worry about physical things, such as food and clothing, Mm -hmm. where the follower of Christ focuses on God's kingdom and is filled with faith and light. So, Well, thank you for the uh, introduction in the sense of connecting what's going on previously. Most people don't do that. And that therefore is uh, significant because Jesus had just said, you got to lay up treasures in heaven. And if you're doing that, then you're not worried about the temporal things down here because he's going to take care uh, of all of that. So that's just uh, a great introduction with it. I also appreciate just quite quickly uh, the deductive approach today. You just telling us what the main idea it is and then really letting Jesus prove that from his words because he's the master teacher and no one does it better. Uh, than he does. And basically, it's saying here, stop worrying. (laughs) You could translate this from the present imperative. So, it's something we all struggle with. So, he recognized that uh, his followers are, are, are with him, and I'm sure they're thinking on a daily basis, you know, where's the next loaf of bread coming from? Because they have women providing for them, or yeah, even at this point, we're not even sure if they are. (laughs) Yeah. Because we see that later on. Exactly. Chronological order. So, uh, it's possible, but So Jesus is saying, you know, don't worry. Mm. So here we go, verse 26 now. And he's going to start giving examples of nature. Um, Consider the birds of the Mm -hmm. sky. Mm -hmm. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? So I kind of like this picture he gives. Mm -hmm. You know, you never see a a bird out there... uh, Sowing crops, you know, planting seeds. (laughs) And I think Jesus is using humor here. Birds don't have little private barns that they go and they store. Um, Mm -hmm. God takes care of them. So why should we not worry about food? Um, And Jesus is saying there's so much more to your life than waiting for the next meal. Exactly. (laughs) Or maybe for some of us, especially in America, their next fancy meal. Uh, The Bible tells us in Ephesians 2.10, this is why we are created. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. So we were created for good works in Christ. So you were created to do good works, so don't spend your life focusing on eating and drinking. They are blessings, but uh, they should never become a worry. And I, I was thinking mm-hmm. of uh, my son, Kenneth III, one of my sons, now that we have Clark. <laughs> That's right. So uh, Kenneth, he's one and a half, and you know, all he loves to do is eat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He runs, he plays, he eats. And he's good at it. Yeah. So um, so my wife, Beck, and I joke that he's a a little old man. Yeah. He was not to stereotype all old men, because there are many old men out there who are focused on good things and very healthy, but there's kind of that stereotype of the old guy who all he thinks about is his next meal. What am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? When are we eating? And uh, I kind of feel like that's Kenneth right now. Right. Uh, we always eat at five o'clock and he'll go to his chair at five o'clock and you better have his dinner ready for him. <laughs> and if his sisters get a treat or, you know, he wants a treat. Yeah. It's all about the food. But point being, he's a toddler. 
Um, he doesn't understand spiritual things at all. So he cries and he fusses and complains when he doesn't get his food fast enough. Mm-hmm. But yet we as Christians, hopefully we are not babies, um, we're aware of our spiritual needs and understand that food is not the most important aspect of our lives. Yeah. Unlike the little you know, kid who's like, I need food. What am I going to eat? What am I going to eat? Yeah. And we joke because it's like, that you would think we never feed our children. Right. Um, you take one second too long or you're fixing their plate and the little one will start crying. It's like, have we ever withheld your plate? Right. And they worry, they fuss, they scream. But as Christians who are supposed to be mature, um, we're supposed to say, hey, there's a spiritual aspect of our lives, which is more important than even the physical. You, God bless your mother. <laughs> she had four males in the house. Yeah. And uh, our question every day was pretty much the same. We knew when we were eating like you, but it's like, what are we eating? <laughs> so she got tired of all of that. So she marked mm-hmm. on a chalkboard each day for you and me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what we were eating. Yeah. And, you know, the crazy thing is um, our kids were we were going to feed them. Uh, they just they just know that. And on the other end, real quickly with the children, because they're so precious, uh, you see your grandchildren and, you know, they're working a project with you. And uh, I, it was just a real quick story. I was out with uh, Kinsley. She was raking some leaves and her sister had done it the day before. So first of all, she says, how much am I getting? And uh, that was priceless. And then right after that, uh, she goes, how much did my sister get? And then she, after a while, have I worked as long as her? <laughs> she, she worked me up to $2.05, you know, uh, because she had to make more than a sister. But then the very next day, her mom had explained to her because she wanted to put all the money in the offering uh-huh. plate. And that's children. They know their mm-hmm. father's going to provide. Yeah. Uh, we should be the same way when it comes to our heavenly father. Yeah, and I agree. And, um, you know, I just, children make me laugh. Yes. Um, for those of this is your first time listening, um, I have four children, the oldest four, <laughs> so no twins. So you can figure it's uh, it's uh, interesting at times. But um, I remember you were coming home from Pennsylvania with mom, and you always buy like little treats and stuff. And I remember Vera, we said, Vera, uh, granddad and Mima are bringing home mm-hmm. some surprises for you. <laughs> and she looked and said, I hope it's dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just funny with children, but you know, it's true. I think it's in human nature that we worry. Yes. We worry about our food. We worry about, I want to buy this. So can I get this money so I can buy it? And it is always awesome when you see how generous children can be as they start, you know, getting past that toddler age Exactly, and they do want to share, they That's do right. want to give to church. So um, Jesus is going to continue in verse 27. Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? Yeah. So my question for those listening today is how has worry improved your individual health? Mm-hmm. <laughs> has yeah. it made you a better person? Yeah. And we're not talking about planning ahead and providing. We're talking about when you're sitting there and you're just thinking about it. You worry, worry, worry. Um, has it made you a more mature, well-balanced individual? <laughs> of course not. Um, worry takes away your joy and peace. And Jesus's point is very clear. Worry does not add to your life. It takes away. If I can just uh, interject yeah. this uh, a, a language thing here. When the, your CSB, it says add one moment. Mm. Uh, for those of you who use the King James, yeah, New right. King James, it talks about the stature. Yeah. Uh, the uh, feminine noun here, halakia, is used both ways. But the point is, if I'm six foot tall and I'm <laughs> playing point guard, 
you know, worrying is not going to turn me into a 6.6 inch (laughs) point guard, or neither is it going to lengthen our lives, Uh you know, by worry. It doesn't do anything positive for us. And that's really what he's, it's not going to give you better health. Yeah. And uh, later he'll say, change the color of your hair. Yeah. You know, can you will yourself via worry? Yeah. And you see weird movements like this whole manifesting speak life type stuff where uh, if it worked like that, yeah, that would be great. (laughs) But uh, it doesn't. You can can say these things and worry all you want. Mm. And we've made the point in the past that worry is the opposite of prayer. Prayer is there's an issue, you take it to God. Worry is you just think, how can I solve this? How can I solve this? How can I solve this? And kind of take the place of God. Mm -hmm. So verse 28 So Jesus already makes the point about food and now clothing. And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wild flowers of the field grow. Mm -hmm. They don't labor or spin bread. So Jesus, once again, is going to use logic here. Very simple. God provides for birds and they are fed. Mm -hmm. If our God takes care of these small creatures, he'll take care of us. So we saw in the past the birds, very lowly little creatures. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's going to compare that now to wildflowers. I'll be honest, I don't know the last time outside of scripture that I thought about birds or wildflowers. Sure, that's right. (laughs) You know, it's not like I'm very concerned about birds unless they're, you know, building a nest in your, Mm. by your house or outside your window. But when I think about both birds and the wildflower, I Mm. think God loves us way more than both. And I mean, that seems so simple a concept, but God became a human being because he loved us, Mm -hmm. because he wanted his son to die for us. He didn't become a bird. (laughs) He didn't become grass. And it's like, Mm -hmm. duh, obviously. Mm -hmm. But the point is, he takes care of these things. So if he cares for these things, how much more does he care for us? And it's just simple logic, smaller to the greater. And he's not... Promoting laziness. No, 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 <laughs> you no. Know? Uh, it, it, that's not in a context here, you know, because we know if you don't work, you don't eat. Mm. Um, back in that day, they worked 12-hour days. Can't imagine you get tired even just thinking of the work day for some of the people back then. But it's just a point that when you're doing what you should do for the Lord, uh, as he cares for nature, he's going to much more care for us because we're made in the image yeah. of God. Yeah. So with that contrast, we see birds mm-hmm. and then clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, in detail. Mm-hmm. And the body is more than clothing, and I would add fashion. <laughs> How many people live for those two things? Mm. Think, I mean, I think about it. Most people, mm-hmm. at least unsaved people, they worry most about what restaurants they're going to, what food they're eating, and how they dress. Right. And now, probably in America, you can throw on the vacation. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's what people work for. That's what people live for. That's what people live their entire lives for. Mm-hmm. So Jesus addressed... First of all, the birds, hey, Mm. feeds them, he'll feed you. And clothing, Mm -hmm. he says, hey, look at the wildflowers I provide for them. Um, And I've written here, God did not design you simply to be a model for clothing. He wants you to model his love by glorifying God. And we see that in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Mm -hmm. Paul writes, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. who is in you, Mm -hmm. whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Why? So glorify God with your body. So we're created, the Holy Spirit's in us, we're supposed to live righteous lives, and we're not created just to be fashion models. Mm-hmm. 
We're not made just to think about, oh, what am I going to wear? What am I going to wear? So Jesus's point is that God provides for flowers of the field. Mm -hmm. Uh, They don't pull out little needles and thread and start sewing. Mm -hmm. God covers them and they're beautiful. What do people always buy? Flowers Mm -hmm. to give Mm -hmm. as a present. Um, God loves you more than any flower. Mm -hmm. So clearly he loves you more. You with the human soul made mm-hmm. in his likeness, and he'll provide for you. So it's all, it's faith. That's what we're going to see. Mm-hmm. And he continues, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. I, I tried to figure out how much Solomon was worth mm-hmm. because you have to think a rich guy, nice clothes. Yeah. <laughs> right. They just kind of go together. Mm-hmm. So Doing research on the internet and all, it's it's so hard, especially with inflation, to figure out um, how much Solomon was worth. Some say a few billion dollars, which isn't bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple people say uh, almost a trillion dollars mm-hmm. he was worth. Uh, some extreme liberals said just a couple million because he didn't have any gold mines <laughs> because the Bible lies. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah, that's why they're liberal. Right. So um, in other words, we don't know how much he had, but he was rich mm-hmm. and he had great tailors. All right. Uh, he was the king of a powerful nation. He was very vain. Any man who has a thousand concubines and wives is going to be a vain person. I agree with that, yeah. He's not walking around dressed like a bum. Mm-hmm. So he's dressed very well, yet wildflowers, Jesus is saying, looks better than Solomon. Mm. Why? Because God provided for them. Exactly. And they're simple. Mm-hmm. And that's the point Jesus is making here. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, mm-hmm. which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, why do you, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So once again, Jesus's point is simple. Jesus provides for grass. Mm. He cares about the grass. Mm-hmm. I hate grass most of the time. Yeah, I'm always glad when the summer burns it up. <laughs> I, I always think of that uh, verse, vanity of vanity, says the preacher. Yeah, That should be my shirt when I'm mowing the lawn because it's vanity of vanities because exactly. I'm spending all my time out there. and. Yeah. Um, I don't have a ride mower or anything, and you mow it, and then it grows back. It grows back. But the point is, Jesus truly, God cares about this thing. He created it. Mm-hmm. Yet in the big scheme of things, it's here one day and gone the next. Right. It doesn't have a soul. It has very little value all in all, mm-hmm. yet God cares for it. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, same with the birds. You're a human. You're not a bird. I'm making the grasses like the birds. Right. <laughs> Being clear, they're not an evolutionist. Yeah. Um, you are a human. You have much more value mm. because you're made in the image of God. Yeah. So God provides for nature, mm-hmm. which has no soul or eternal value. It's all going to be burned up. It's all going to die. How much more will he provide for a human being? So, I mean, he even entered in suffering as a human being mm-hmm. for us. So We're made that, in the image of God, and he values us greatly. That's why even in the very beginning, uh, in Genesis chapter 9, when uh, Noah gets off the ark with his family. He establishes the death penalty. If you take a life, your life is going to be taken from you. Why? We're made in the image of God. So he values us greatly. And the birds don't have that image. So, and the grass is just temporal. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we really have to consider who we are before God and recognize he's a good God and, and stop having little faith. Uh, you can trust in him fully. And when we talk about the image of God, it's the moral, mental, and spiritual. That's right. Um, we're moral beings. You don't have courts for animals out there. You know, right. you stole a 
walnut or you stole an acorn and the squirrels, you know, we'd say that's dumb because they have no moral Mm -hmm. capacity. They don't look at things morally. Uh, They're not spiritual Mm -hmm. beings either. And in mental in the sense that they cannot, they're just not as advanced as humans. God made us special. We oversee them. Mm -hmm. Uh, They don't build whole societies that are, you know, can thrive and grow. They're not building (laughs) buildings and setting up governments and so forth. So, but I want to zero in on the end of verse 30. Jesus calls people that worry, you of little faith. Mm. You worry when you lack faith in God's provision. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like two sides of the scale. You either have faith or you worry. Right. You can't be a faithful person who worries. Christian, and for those who are listening who are Christians, I, I hope you check your heart. Mm-hmm. Right now, if you're a worrier, you are not a person filled with faith. You need to confess that sin and have the faith of a child that God will take care of you. You know, just like little kids putting the money in the offering plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that faith that, you know, God will take care That's of it. me. Exactly. So, uh, 31. So don't worry, saying, what will we eat? Mm-hmm. Or what will we drink? What will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. In this context, the Gentiles are the ones who don't seek God. Yeah. Uh, they are fixated and worry about eating, drinking, clothing, and fashion. They're just like, you know, that baby who does not know spiritual things. Mm. Much of their lives revolve around food and clothing, pleasures, um, survival and pleasures. <laughs> As a Christian, we should be able to see a whole new uh, dimension visible via faith, which mm. tells you not to worry, the kingdom of God. Also, by simply looking at creation itself, we should see that we should not worry. Jesus, that's why he's the greatest teacher ever. He just makes it so simple. <laughs> and he tells a big issue. Now, for the second time, yeah. Jesus says, stop worrying. It's interesting. The English word uh, for worry derives from the term strangle. If I can just yeah. illustrate real quick. You know, when you're watching an athlete. <laughs> Let's not do it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> if you think of an athlete and it's all the pressured world is upon him or her, and all the world is watching, and they miss the free throw, or what do we say? They choke. They choke. They yeah. choke. And basically, Jesus is saying, "Stop choking." You know, don't don't allow yourselves to be overwhelmed by the magnitude of provision. He goes, "That's my role. Let let me be me, and you just do what I tell you to do, and you'll you'll be well cared for." Yeah. Once again, it makes me think of when I'm with my children or something, yeah. and playing a game mm-hmm. or teaching them something and they don't have faith that you're going to actually be able to do it. Yeah. And when you, if it's a simple little game, like mm-hmm. I have this little video game with my girls, a little Paw Patrol game, you know, made for such little children that mm-hmm. you have to press two buttons mm-hmm. and I'll be like, uh, you press the X button and you jump up here mm-hmm. and you know, I'm doing it. I'm showing them like, Oh, I don't know if you can do it. I don't know if you can and I feel like that's how we are with God. Yeah. God is like, this is so simple. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes, I want to say this very reverently, but we have to put ourselves in the place of God in the sense of how does he feel when he looks down at us? He says, I'm all powerful. And you don't think I can do the simplest of things, like give mm-hmm. you some food? Mm-hmm. Is that too difficult for me? Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we think, how would God feel about this? It's like, ah, you know, why, why do I worry? Right. Um, it was one of your sermons um, in your Ephesians series. I do not remember which one, mm-hmm. but it was the illustration of Alexander the Great when um, one of his children were getting married. Yeah. And uh, a guy came 
and asked for the daughter and a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they thought that he might be offended, but he says he loved this fellow because he was both powerful, rich, and generous. That's right. And he liked that fact. Yeah. And I think we forget sometimes God is powerful, rich, and generous. Right. And it should be, he can provide. Now, we kind of come to the main point mm-hmm. of how to overcome worry. First, we observe nature. Mm-hmm. But now this is what we should focus on, uh, 33. And as a side note, this is a good reason to do ministry, Mm -hmm. um, to volunteer if you're a layman, to focus on the kingdom of God, (laughs) because it kind of takes your eyes off your own own things you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Remember the Pharisees and all they're there? Mm -hmm. Not your own righteousness, his righteousness. And all these things will be provided for you. Jesus is saying that your identity is found not in being a person who worries, but rather being a person of faith who seeks God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. So just kind of pull this all together. Yeah. The ungodly Gentiles seek food and clothing. Uh, in other words, he's building his own kingdom. It's all about what can I do for myself? A bigger house, more food, better food, more clothing. Mm-hmm. That's very Americanized now, but you know, it's all about my kingdom, my kingdom. And the more you have, the more you worry. Mm. People with cars tend to worry more about cars because mm. things might break, things might fall apart. A bigger house, worse things happen, more expensive things break. Mm. Um, so you worry, worry, worry. Mm-hmm. Where the follower of Christ seeks the kingdom of God and has faith that God will provide. Yeah. This brings peace because God does provide. Um, so Jesus, who personally knew his heavenly father, could say with all confidence, all these things, speaking of the food, the clothing, will be provided for you. So I don't know why we worry. You know, our God is good. He is generous. Um, anything you want to say before we uh, go to the last verse? Can't help but think of Paul sitting there under house arrest saying, rejoice in the Lord mm-hmm. always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation, your gentleness be made known to all men. Why? For the Lord is at hand. Either he's coming back quickly or he's right here. And then he says, be anxious for nothing. And uh, such great words as Paul sat there under house arrest. And if he didn't have provision from the outside, in other words, if God didn't touch certain saints' hearts or bring in food, he starved. Yeah, they didn't have Uber or anything. Yeah, that was no Uber That's right. And, And God just took care of him. And then he said to the ones who were taking care of him, you know, my God's going to supply your need because you've cared for my need. And the whole thing is priorities. When we get our priorities right, truly God does take care of everything else. Oh, so, uh, and then he sums it up here. uh, Therefore, this is verse 34. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. I like this because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Mm. So Jesus isn't saying things are easy. Right, right. (laughs) He said it is a lack of faith to worry about tomorrow for worry basically says God cannot provide. Um, I have to, you know, provide by worrying, worry, worry. Jesus is saying, don't worry. Let tomorrow worry about itself. So once you don't again, get I, tomorrow's grace yeah. today, right? Yeah. So life is hard enough without adding worry to it. So we should be people of faith and not worry. Once again, life isn't easy. Right. The Christian journey is not an easy one. Mm-hmm. So why add worry to it? Exactly. Um, so let's answer our mm-hmm. initial question. Sure. Um, adding some more details before getting to the simplified and then look at our application, Mm -hmm. our employment. Um, How can I overcome worry according to Jesus? Now, 
I have here, the solution lies in directing our attention, our focus. And if you're listening to this podcast, think of yourself here. Mm -hmm. So put your focus on God's provision for nature. Then think about how. He Mm -hmm. feeds the lowly birds. Mm -hmm. He clothes worthless flowers. He causes the sun to rise. He lets the rain fall from heaven and waters the earth. Mm -hmm. And all of creation is held in his mighty hand. By observing these facts of nature, we know that he has the power and generosity to provide for us. So that's the first thing. We, we look around, we say, okay, God does it now for you know, things of little value. He can mm-hmm. do it for us, which he loves so much. Yeah. Also, actively seeking his spiritual kingdom by being salt and light, as Jesus spoke about in the beginning of his sermon, will cast off worry and despair. Why? Because we know that God will provide. Mm-hmm. So I summed it up simply. Worry reflects a lack of faith in God's provision. By observing nature and actively seeking God's kingdom, we can confidently trust that God will provide for our needs. Anything you want to add before we go into our employment point? No, we come over to chapter 7. It's going to be ask, seek, and knock, but it's all predicated upon God being a good God. And since we know he's good, he's going to take care of us. So um, just look at the past, present, and... (laughs) can have faith. So here's our employment. So please take this to heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, one point, because it's a short passage. I don't think you can get 25 points from this. That's right. So just one point. Do not worry for God is good. Mm-hmm. Jesus told his followers not to worry because God will provide for their needs. Mm-hmm. He said that they should focus on God's kingdom and leave the rest up to God. Jesus's lesson is that simple. Right. You know, as the older I get, the simpler I see Christianity really is. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of things we observe. We see, you know, how to run a church, especially as a pastor, Mm -hmm. you know, letters to Titus, how pastors should act, how a Christian should act. But when you really boil it down, it truly is loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself. Now, obviously, that's what you do once you're saved. That doesn't save you. Um, It's faith alone in what Jesus Christ has done for you. And then obviously you're saved, and then you do good works. Point being that uh, we should really just see how simple Scripture is. Don't worry. Um, question I should ask myself. My theology or view of God impacts the way I think. Sometimes I think people think pastors and geeks or whoever, they just talk mm-hmm. about theology as some um, philosophy. Exactly. But theology is just a study of God. So if— we see God as an all-powerful, kind, and generous God, we will not worry. As we'll say, we see what he has done. Um, I think that's why we read the Bible, mm-hmm. to know who he truly is. We don't worry. We have faith. However, if my view of God is small, mm-hmm. I kind of view him as a distant deity, um, someone who gets angry real easy, someone who cares about bigger matters, someone whose time is occupied with others, mm-hmm. I'm going to worry. Because I'm going to say, okay, he's busy doing other stuff. I don't think he's worried. I don't think he's thinking about me. Um, and then you'll be a person who worries. So how do you view God? Um, your view of God will dictate if you have faith or if you worry. Um, thoughts. If I'm a person who worries, what does this tell me about my walk with the Lord? Mm-hmm. How is worrying impacting my identity in Christ? And I, I think with. Almost roll that right back into the passage. Do not worry, and then look at why. Um, I know this was a shorter podcast today, 
anything you want to share with us on worrying or stories or anything before we end up? The attributes of God. (laughs) We look at who God is, and then we should consider what he does. And the Mm -hmm. verse that just jumped out the whole time you're given this uh, closing is Psalm 119.68. You are good, and you do good. Mm -hmm. If God is good by nature— and he is, then what does he have to do? He's not a whimsical mm-hmm. God. Because he's good, goodness is going to flow from his being, from his essence. How do we know this? Because the Bible tells us that we really do have to take the word of God. And as James says, you know, we need to take our minds, we need to take our lives and be filled with his word. Yeah. We, we, we have to engraft yeah. <laughs> that word into us. So that it saturates our thinking and we're reminded of his goodness and as a result of that, just be able to relax yeah. because we know who he is. He is good. He's going to do good. And knowing that, that's the end of the um, story. Why don't you say, um, I think it would be an accurate statement, that many people do not view God as good. Yes. Many Christians don't view God as truly good and generous. Yeah. They kind of view him as I have all these rules. You follow these rules, then I will love you. Yeah. If you don't follow these rules, I'm just going to kick you around. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of people's view of God. If you're a theistic yeah. uh, determinist, I mean, you yeah. really think God determines, I mean, micromanages everything. Yeah. And that is even the horrible acts that take yeah. place. In Which the isn't world. biblical. And right. that's why we have so many people going, well, if God were good, he would preclude this. He would stop yeah. that. But the reality is God has given us free will. Yeah. And in his free will, he permits us to act yeah. upon that. He's going to hold us accountable. Yeah. But I think people do attribute in, in even theological um, circles that God is the one who determines even those oh. things, which we both fully 100% oh. disagree with because free will was not eradicated uh, at um, the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, truly, we have a propensity and inclination to do mm-hmm. what is bad at times. Why? Because of the fallen nature. But we don't have an inability. You know, there's still the ability to believe on Christ. There's still the oh. ability it's provided to do for. what's good. It's, it's exactly <laughs> you're right. You're not saving yourself. Yeah, you're ex- saying, I can't save myself. So you really do have to get the right view of scripture of who God is, or it it will mess with your mind where you really in the back of your mind, you're going, he really isn't good. And I think that's the point I'm driving at is we have a lot of people thinking, um, I see disasters happen. And how many people say it was God's will? And it makes you think now, obviously God could stop it. Mm -hmm. Maybe if more people prayed, he could have stopped it. Uh, Maybe God was using it as judgment. Sure. that we don't know about, yeah. um, using it for a purpose. But God is not the author of evil. right? And I think people struggle because, and it causes them to worry, because mm-hmm. this all ties back into worry. Mm-hmm. They're saying, if God has determined everything, um, then if he has determined, then me worrying is just simply doing one of the things he's micromanaging me to do. Exactly. <laughs> and then is God really good? Because mm-hmm. if God determined someone to go murder my brother, murder my sister, or mm-hmm. no rape us, rape a cousin, or mm-hmm. kill my child, and that was God's pleasure, it was His goodwill. Yeah. Is God really good? Exactly, and that's why we see, as you were saying, free will mm-hmm. um, is a gift from God, and it's very good, mm-hmm. but it can lead to sin. Right. You know, it's kind of like a. 
I just close on this example. If I pulled out a gun um, when I met my wife and said, you will marry me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you have no choice. Mm-hmm. You would say, that's, that's not love. You know, someone holding a gun at your head. But when it's, hey, you have the freedom to say yes or no. Mm-hmm. Um, you can worry. You, you can sin if you want to. Mm-hmm. But uh, I want to have a true relationship with you. And I, I think the closer we get to God, the more we love him. And uh, the less we worry. But why are we saying all this? It comes to your theology or view of God. Right. So I would just challenge the Christian, do you truly think God is good? Mm-hmm. If you think God is good, kind, generous, you're not going to worry. If you're, and if you're focused on his kingdom. But mm-hmm. if you're kind of focused on, you know, God is, eh, I don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> then you're going to be a worry wart. Uh, all right, I think we're going to wrap it up on that. Uh, that was podcast 27, the Sermon on the Mount, Overcoming mm-hmm. Worry mm-hmm. from Matthew 25 through 34. And now, uh, next time we get together, um, we're going to be looking at do not judge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. What does that really mm-hmm. mean? Because in that statement is a judgment itself. That's right. That's right. Good. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're going to be looking um, at that. So we're about at the 40 minute mark almost. So Let's go ahead and uh, wrap this up, and we will see you, or you'll see us, hear a voice, whatever, uh, next time. Have a good one.